Welcome to the Unapologetically Fueled podcast, where we talk nutrition, identity, performance, and the psychology behind it all. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. It is just a solo episode today, no special guest this week, but I am super excited about the topic. We're going to be talking all about the psychology behind our beloved app, Strava. Now, if you are a runner or an athlete or you work out, you probably know what Strava is, um, but basically it's an app that you use to document your workouts and you can follow people on it. It's basically like a social media app for like athletes. So it's a really cool app and I'll get into that in a little bit, but first I want to answer one of your listener questions. So one of you guys asked me um, this listener question really just like touched my heart and hit close to home. She asked me how I get over comparison. She said that she was struggling with comparison a lot in her sport and um, it's been really hard. And so what is my biggest advice for not comparing myself to others? Now, I think this is like a really fitting question with the topic we're talking about today, which is Strava um, and like social media and everything. And comparison is such such a waste of time like it's a terrible thing and it really is the thief of joy but it's our human nature to compare so what I want to tell you first is that like as an athlete as a human comparison there's no point in comparison absolutely none um we were all built very different we were all made uniquely for a different purpose on this earth like in the bible god says that he knit us together in our mother's womb and we are each in the image of God fearfully and wonderfully made and we are very different we there is literally nobody like you on this earth at all like if you look around everybody's different even identical twins have differences like every single person's genetic code is different and we're original and there is no point in comparing ourselves to other people when there's not an exact copy of you. So if there's not an exact copy of you running, what makes you think that comparing yourself to somebody else will make you a better runner or um, alleviate anxiety? It's just like, there's, there's no point in comparison. But like I said, it is our human nature. And psychology research says that we make comparisons all the time to other people because that's just who we are. We see others and we're like, oh, what do they have that's different? Because when something deviates from what is familiar, what we know, it brings us to our attention. Um, and so in order to kind of get over comparison, one, I would suggest unfollowing accounts on social media that make you feel less than because you are not less than people who maybe seem like they have it all together or you're comparing yourself upward or downward. Um, And there are, yes, let me get into that actually too, upward comparison versus downward comparison. We do both as humans. We compare ourselves upwardly. So we say like, oh, I wish I was this person and you feel insignificant in that. And you say, I wish I was doing what they were doing. I wish I looked that way. I wish I was running their times. I wish I was the athlete that they were. That is an upward comparison when you are comparing yourself to somebody who you think is better. We also downwardly compare. So we look at people and we say, oh, like they're not as fast as me. I think I'm better than them at this. I don't think they look as good as me. I don't think they are doing this the right way. And we see that as inferior. They are inferior and it makes us feel superior. So it makes us feel better. So upper comparison makes us feel 
worse and downward comparison actually makes us feel better. Anyway, it's in human nature to compare. But something that I want to try, just I'm going to ask you some questions to the people who are wondering about comparison. We're going to do a little bit of something called cognitive restructuring, cognitive reframing. It is a technique used in cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, so think of something that you're comparing yourself to. Think of somebody that you're comparing yourself to, whether it's a moment, whether it's an athlete, whether it's a body. For instance, I will pretend, uh, let's say I'm comparing myself to somebody who I think has a prettier hairstyle than me. And you're doing an upward comparison. So you say, I wish I had what they had. I don't, I'm not good enough because I don't look like her. What would happen if you didn't look like her? Just like think about that for a second. Like, why are you comparing yourself? Why are you wanting to look like that person? And what would happen if you didn't look like that person? What would happen? What is the very worst thing that could happen if somebody came up to you and said, that girl has a prettier hairstyle than you. That girl looks better than you. It would stink, yeah. You might feel insecure. You might want to engage in behaviors that change the way that you look or change the way that you feel. But in reality, when you are comparing yourself to somebody, you have a fear of the feelings that accompany comparison, if that makes sense. So if somebody comes up to you and they're like, oh, she looks prettier than you, what does that do to you? It makes you feel something. It makes you feel bad. And you don't want to feel bad. There's something in psychology called affect phobia, and that's the fear of emotion or affect. And what emotion are you trying to avoid by comparing yourself to somebody else? What part of you do you not want to acknowledge is there? What part of you are you keeping secret from other people? Do you feel insecure about your body? Do you feel insecure about your running? What happens if you don't win a race? What happens if you come in last place in a race, like majorly, like you get lapped four times? The worst that could happen is that you feel pretty bad. The worst that could happen is that it's a terrible day. And what happens when you have a terrible day? You go to the next day. You process that day. You do something that makes you feel better and helps you remember your worth. And then you move on with your next day. So. I really encourage you, next time you're comparing yourself to somebody on at a meet, maybe, in a competition, when you're comparing looks, bodies, what you're eating, say, why am I doing this? And what am I hiding from that's making me compare? Why, what would happen if I didn't eat the way this girl did? Nothing. The world keeps on turning. You are still alive. You are still loved. Your value doesn't change because you don't have what this person has. So that is kind of my biggest advice is to really just like break down that thought that you have, that comparison thought. So whenever I find myself comparing myself to something, whether it's an athletic skill or whether it's a grade or whether it's looks, I say, okay, the worst that could happen is that I'm not the same as this person. And what's bad about that? Nothing. Nothing is bad about that. It's so beautiful. And so I kind of break down my thought and say, like, I don't 
want to feel inferior right now, so I'm avoiding comparison. And, or I am comparing myself and avoiding just living with who I am as a person. So something that also really I like to do, this is my last little piece of advice for this listener question, is every single day when you journal or if you don't journal, if you just practice gratitude, think of three things that you love about yourself that's so unique to you. It could be a specific freckle on a specific part of your body. It could be the way that you smile when you see somebody that you love, or it could be the pace that you ran the other day, and it doesn't have to be a certain pace. It could be like, I have legs that can run, and that's really unique. So anyway, I just encourage you to say, what is unique about me, and what would happen if I compared? So that is my biggest advice on comparison. I'm always here to talk, of course, if any of you need any advice. So after that listener question, now we're going to talk about Strava. As I mentioned earlier, Strava is a great app to use for fitness and for workouts. I'm sure most of you are familiar with the app because you follow me on Instagram and most of you are athletes, but if you're not, basically you can upload your workouts and rides and there's like so many different settings on Strava, but most people use it for running or biking. Um, And you can also like sync your watch to it so if you have like a Garmin or an Apple watch it'll automatically upload your workouts. You follow other people, you see what other workouts they're doing, you can give people kudos it's called so it's like liking a workout so it's literally social media for athletes um so if somebody like goes for a three mile run and they post the map on Strava they like post their workout on Strava they'll have a map and it'll show like where they ran and you can say oh I want to give this person kudos I want to like this run. And Strava also, like, shows you your own stats, so, like, your heart rate, your pace, um, your fitness trends, too. You can even pray, or pray, pay for something called Strava Premium, which is where it, like, gives you a breakdown of, like, your fitness levels and everything, and you can unlock all these segments and break down your workouts, and it's very intricate. It's like a science, almost, for runners, um, but it is definitely mostly a running-focused app. So, I'm gonna go through the pros of using Strava and the cons of using Strava and how Strava can be a fantastic asset to your training. And also I'm going to talk about when your relationship with Strava might be challenging and might be bad. Like I'm going to talk about the psychology of why Strava is so addicting and why how it works, why it does work for fitness motivation, but also I'm going to talk about the psychology behind why it doesn't, why it can be bad and harmful to you as an athlete and as a person, um, and just kind of talk about that a little bit. So anyway, looking at some of the pros of using Strava, you can unlock and look at different routes around your area. You can see where some good safe areas are to run, which is awesome um, because I know like if you're living somewhere and you run the same routes over and over again, it can get kind of boring sometimes. So if you ever want to explore, you can look at routes on Strava and great. It's a great way to see where some routes um, might be. Also, a reason why we love Strava so much, and this is a good reason, is because it provides interpersonal support. So it provides us with a community. One of the basic human needs that we have, we have five, and it is to belong. 
and when we feel like we're part of a community and we belong, so like the running community on Strava, it makes us so mentally and physically happy and healthy. Like interpersonal connection, so like connection between people is one of the best things that we can do for our health. Just like mentally, physically, spiritually, everything. We are literally designed to live connected with one another. Even in the Bible, like in Genesis, Jesus was like, Adam needed a helper. It was bad that he was alone. Like we are designed for community. And when we have a community that shares a common love, like running, that is just the best way to bond people because you get to share your joys of your running and your struggles of running and you get to be with people even though it's you know virtually um but you get to be with people through that and it's a really beautiful thing to be part of a community that loves running or cycling as much as you do so Strava is beautiful in that way and that is one of the reasons why humans are naturally drawn to Strava because or humans not I mean you know humans who work out so like runners and cyclists and Everybody else, whatever activity you do. That's why athletes are so drawn to the app. So I consider that reason for loving Strava a pro because it does give us a community. Like we do get to connect with other people who share our passion. And the more people that you know, the more friends that you're with, that's so much better for you than isolating yourself or just being a runner on your own. I think it's a beautiful thing. So that is absolutely a pro of Strava. Personally, I have met so many people through Strava, and yes, I want to disclose, I do have Strava, and I do use it, and um, it's I love it because I've met so many people there. Another pro of Strava is that we can celebrate each other's accomplishments, and this goes back, you know, this is part of the social interaction part, is that, like, we can be excited for one another and see our friends succeed, um, and I think that is a beautiful, beautiful pro of Strava. Um, another reason why we're drawn to this um, psychologically is that Strava gives us a sense of completion and success. So whenever we're on Strava and we upload our runs, we always get notifications like, this is your second best 10k time, or you're the local legend of this loop, and it gives you a sense of accomplishment. And as we know, a sense of accomplishment triggers the release of dopamine in the brain. And dopamine is a very addictive um, neurotransmitter. It is the neurotransmitter that's involved in reward. So whenever we are rewarded, we get a rush of dopamine in our brain. Um, so like, if you think about it, like, it's always called like, oh, that was dope. Like, <laughs> your brain is saying, that was dope. That's awesome. Dopamine. That's how I remembered it in my AP psychology course in high school. Um, but anyway, so if you think about it, like when you get a cookie, let's say, or somebody's puppy runs up to you, you get a huge dopamine release. The same thing happens with accomplishment and satisfaction and reward. So when we upload our runs or our workouts and we see that Strava is like giving us all these like stats and, um, these little like accomplishment stickers and everything, we get such a big dopamine release. 
even when you look at your Strava and it says like, this is trending a little bit faster, you get a huge rush of dopamine. And your brain is addicted to that dopamine rush. And it's going to keep on wanting to come back to the Strava. It's going to keep on wanting to upload your runs and get those stickers and beat your times. So because you have so many stats on Strava, you're always looking to improve those stats. And that is how you get more dopamine released. So let's say, for instance, you upload a five-mile run and it's at an eight-minute pace. And Strava says, wow, way to go. This was your PR for this five-mile run. You just did that at an eight-minute pace. That's awesome. You get a huge dopamine rush. The next day, you do a five-mile run at an eight-minute pace. You don't get that same dopamine rush anymore because that eight-minute pace is no longer new. It's no longer, quote-unquote, successful to your brain. Even though it might be successful to you, and it totally is successful, like any time you get out for a run, that is success. Even if it's not successful to you, your brain interprets that as unsuccessful because you're not progressing. You're not having more and more and more. The thing about dopamine is once it fires a certain amount after a specific activity, it needs to fire more dopamine in order to experience the same amount of pleasure. So that being said, in order for your dopamine to, in order for you to feel the same amount of pleasure that you did when you ran your eight minute per mile, five mile run, you need to run a 755 average pace for that run in order to get the same amount of dopamine released and the same amount of pleasure. And then after that, you're not going to get the same amount of pleasure when you run the same pace. Again, you're going to have to increase that dopamine release because it's addictive and it triggers that addictive pathway in your brain. So that is a huge reason why Strava is so attractive to runners is because as runners, we have this internal desire, you know, to always get faster and push ourselves and um, increase our times and distances and everything. And when we look at Strava, we can see it gives us like live stats to track. And whatever it is, you're always striving to go further and push harder. And you, with each time you push and you go harder, you get more dopamine released into your brain and you feel more pleasure. So from a neuroscience perspective, it totally makes sense why Strava is so addicting like that. And still staying on the topic of dopamine, so this awesome, happy, good neurotransmitter. We also get a dopamine rush when we get, like social media research has shown, um, we get a dopamine rush when people give us likes and they give us attention on social media. So if you've ever like just looked at your phone constantly when you're getting likes on Instagram and you feel very happy when certain people like your picture, that's dopamine. And it also releases serotonin because there's that interpersonal um, relationship going on there too. But on Strava, we get kudos from our runner friends, and it's great, and it releases all that dopamine. So every time you upload on Strava, you say, like, you get that dopamine rush when you upload, if it was faster, or if it was better, and then you also get that dopamine rush from the kudos people give you. So it makes total sense as to why we are so invested in this app as runners. And that addictive part of Strava, of the uploading um, your workouts and receiving 
attention for those workouts from other people. Um, it is a pro and it is a con. And I'll get into the con part of this later. But the pro is that it increases your motivation. If you're somebody who particularly struggles with being motivated to run or motivated to exercise, then Strava is a great resource for you because you have that um, reward going on whenever you exercise, you get that support, and you know that people are holding you accountable. Um, and so motivation is a huge thing, and really feeling that sense of satisfaction, accomplishment, and success is a huge, huge motivational indicator. Um, and so it really is a good thing if you are somebody who tends to struggle with motivation because it's very motivating to go out there and show people what you're doing and have people give you likes on what you're doing and appreciate your hard work. Like you even exercise, you exercising, that is hard work. And especially if you struggle with motivation, like I give you kudos right now, all of you kudos right now, whoever's exercising, like that's great because sometimes it's hard to be motivated and it, it is really a great resource for those who struggle with motivation. So that is why that addictive tendency of Strava, well, not addictive, I won't call it addictive, but like that satisfaction part of Strava is good and it is a pro. And I'll get into the con in a little bit. Now, another human desire that we have is competition. Some people tend to thrive on competition and some people don't do so well with competition, but it is generally a human motive to engage in activities when there is a bit of competition. And that is another psychological reason why Strava is so attractive to athletes. Because, of course, as athletes, like, if you think about your best moments as an athlete, whether you are a runner, a swimmer, a biker, a gymnast, um, a lot of the best moments and the worst moments come from times of competition. The things that you look forward to most as an athlete are your races, are your meets. Of course, there's anxiety to that too. There's always two sides, but you always look forward to the competition, and that is something that humans generally like. I mean, when you look at it back to ancestral days, or ancestral, like the Stone Age, I guess, like how did people survive? Unfortunately, it was through competition because you know, you had to be the first one to get to the food or the water. Um, you had to be the first one to get to the fire. And you had to outcompete others to survive. And you also had to have social connection to survive. So just a couple of those human desires again, as I was talking about social connection. So anyway, we have an innate desire to compete with others. And as an athlete, I'm guessing you're already pretty competitive personality-wise. Each personality has a different threshold of competition, but as athletes, we tend to be more competitive than the general population, unless you're, like, a very rigorous, like, med student or um, uh, academic. Um, but, yeah, you are pretty competitive if you're an athlete. Um, and so Strava you see what everybody else is doing. And although you may not regard it as competition, your brain still automatically compares yourself with others and competes with others. So even though you might not be at a competition or you might not be at a meet or a race, just 
let's say you were in the same exact distance as your teammates and we all uploaded on Strava um, that day and you're looking through your Strava. You do get a dopamine rush when you see that your pace was faster than theirs or when you see that you ran longer than them or you see that your heart rate was lower than theirs. And it creates this almost unconscious competition, even if you're not thinking about it, not at all. Like you could totally be like, non like not even thinking about comparing yourself with others or competing with others but let's say you and your teammates run five mile run was back to back and yours was at a 759 pace and your teammates was at an eight flat pace you do get that dopamine rush when you see your 759 pace because you are doing a uh, downward comparison you're saying your body's like oh I ran a little bit faster than my teammate I just had that little competition almost but the same thing also goes when you're comparing upward and let's say you're the one with the eight minute pace and your teammate ran the 759. Then you start to have some negative thoughts and that dopamine rush isn't there. Um, instead, there's kind of more of thoughts of inferiority and comparison and I'll get into that in the cons in a little bit. But basically, Strava provides us with this competition whether we're, we realize it or not, we are always competing with others on that app and ourselves because, as I said before, Strava gives you all your stats and you can look through your stats throughout days, years, minutes even um, and see where you've come from and look at your like how you've progressed and how you've changed as a runner or like what one run was ago a year ago today and how that compares to your running now. So you're not only competing with yourself on the app, but you're competing with others. And it does fulfill that human innate desire to compete. And so that's another reason why we're just drawn to the app. And competition, it can be a great thing and it can be a bad thing too. So looking at how competition is a pro, you can look at how far you've come as an athlete and absolutely celebrate that. Like that is such a beautiful thing to see like, wow, look at my pace years ago and look at it now and that's just it's always really fun looking at how you've progressed as an athlete you can also again it helps with motivation if you are feeling unmotivated you can say I may not be feeling motivated today but let's look at my past run when I was unmotivated and see if I can beat it or something of course that's if it's on your training plan and don't force yourself to like over exercise or anything um that's just a disclaimer, but it can help with motivation as well, and that can be a um, a pro and some healthy competition never hurt, but it can be a con. And now I'm going to go into the cons and how to assess your relationship with Strava um, and kind of if you feel yourself developing more unhealthy psychological habits with the app, um, just kind of how to reverse those. So the reason that that competition can be a, like harmful is that in a con is that it leads to automatic comparison of yourself with others. When you're looking at other people who are running paces that are faster than you, that is an upward comparison and it makes you feel terrible. Even if it's not consciously in your brain like, oh, I feel terrible right now because I ran slower than this person you still feel inferior because you ran that pace. And when you feel inferior, the natural human tendency to resolve that feeling of inferiority is to compensate for that and to try and feel less inferior. So maybe you notice yourself comparing to other runners and you start to push your easy runs too hard. 
you start to run longer than you should because you're addicted to that competition. Maybe you're starting to not recover enough, not take enough rest days between workouts solely because you want to upload on Strava. We know that when you're training for something, polarized training is key to getting faster, stronger, and staying healthy as a runner. So this means taking your easy days easy, like heart rate under 150, no matter what your resting heart rate is, like easy. And taking your hard days hard, like going all out and just like giving the workouts your all. Polarized training is so important especially for injury prevention too. And it's just all around, you need to polarize your training in order to stay healthy and strong um, and get faster. And like, if you don't polarize your training and train your body that way, like if you're training for like a longer distance race, like a marathon or half marathon, like you are going to hit the wall and it's not gonna be fun. Like that's what I did for my first ever half marathon. Like I ran all my runs at like the same pace to look good for Strava. And I didn't want to show that I was going slower for Strava. And I hit a wall at mile 10. And that was not fun at all. And so, anyway, getting back to that. Polaris training is important. But if you're constantly in that competitive mode and uploading and wanting to look good for Strava and you're not polarizing your training like you should and you're always trying to push your easy runs too fast because you're scared that people are going to judge you, then that becomes very maladaptive. It's not only harming your psychological well-being, but it's harming your running and your physical well-being. You don't want to push a pace or make your body do something that it should not be doing just to look good on an app. And also, if you're trying to look good on an app and that's your main goal of running, why do you like running in the first place? So if you notice yourself um, kind of living this or experiencing these feelings of always wanting to look a certain way for Strava or hit a certain mileage or hit a certain pace just to look good for Strava, I would really encourage you to assess your relationship with not only Strava but also with running and just like remember your why. Why do you like running in the first place? Is it because of this app? Is it because of the competition? Or is it because you love this sport and you love feeling good and you love the endorphins and the races and that's when you bring out your very competitive side and you do love the competition and you love just feeling joy and just showing what your body can do and that is I don't know that's just something that I would consider and um, I would encourage you to like just touch base on your relationship with Strava so I'll get into a little bit more about the relationship with Strava but basically that is a con right there um, the competition it can lead to comparison and as I mentioned earlier from this listener question comparison is the thief of joy like if you find yourself comparing yourself too much on Strava, it takes away the joy from running, and I just think it defeats the whole purpose. So just remember that competition, it can be super, super, super healthy, but it can also be super, super, super maladaptive and um, when it leads to comparison. Um, and also, that competition, it can be really mean sometimes. Like, if you're always, like, seeing that, like, getting satisfaction from seeing other people that are running slower than you, like, why 
why wouldn't you be happy for them? Of course, it is human nature to downward compare. So do not feel guilty for doing this. Just because I'm preaching this doesn't mean I am not affected by it or doesn't mean I haven't gone through that before. It took me a while to, like, reevaluate my relationship with Strava and realize that what I was doing before, like, last summer, training for my first half marathon, was not adaptive. And it was because I had an unhealthy relationship with Strava and I only wanted to, like, hit certain paces to do it. Um, but anyway, like... When you see other runners running slow, why do you feel, I mean, you feel good because you're running faster than them, natural human tendency to compare, but when you feel those feelings, it is a con, in my opinion. Like, not the feelings in themselves, you can absolutely feel those, but the way, that, what you do with those feelings is super important. So, if you are constantly checking up on certain people on Strava who run slower than you, because it makes you feel better as a runner, then that's maladaptive. You don't want to get addicted to that. You want to be happy for people regardless of what they're running. And when you see people who are running faster than you, are you happy for them too? Like, we should just all be celebrating each other's successes. The competition can be absolutely brutal on Strava. So that's just a way that Strava can be a con. And at the same time, it's our human nature. So... I'm not saying that it's not okay to feel these feelings at all. I'm just saying when you feel them, try to think about them a little bit more and work to reappraise the situation a little bit um, because your brain will rewire and it'll start to th see the situations a little bit more positively and kind of take away the comparison a bit. And um, I think that could really help with both your personal joy in running and just like your relationship with the app and running. So anyway, that's kind of my spiel on competition. It can be good for motivation and for other reasons, and it can be bad. So that is a reason why Strava might be harmful. Another reason, going back to the dopamine that we're talking about. So earlier I mentioned how the reason why we love Strava so much is because of that dopamine rush when we hit a certain pace or we're competing with ourselves or others um, or when people give us kudos and how that can be a really great asset to motivation and just like other parts of your running and it can make you feel really, really good and exercise is designed to make us feel good and happy and healthy and release those endorphins and that's a great thing. But also... For people who have addictive personalities, this can become very, very harmful very, very quick. If you have an addictive personality, here's what I mean. It's not really an established like type of personality, but it's a trend that like we see in research and in human behavior in general. So basically, addictive personality means somebody who's constantly thriving for that new dopamine rush, somebody who needs to always be high achieving, getting straight A's, um, maybe has resonated with some disordered eating or eating disorder in the past because you really, like, nothing is ever enough for that mindset. Um, whether it's your weight, whether it's um, food intake, um, if you struggled with an eating disorder, maybe it's classwork. Like, even getting, like, a 99 wouldn't be enough because you want more and more and more. Basically, you thrive on that dopamine rush and you need more all the time. So this in itself isn't a bad thing until it harms you. Um, and there are ways that it can be good because it helps you strive for success in certain things. And 
It's not a bad personality type to have, really. Typically, people who have an addictive personality tend to strive for perfection. Um, they do. They are high achievers. They do very, very well in school. Um, they go on to careers that require a lot of work and a lot of achievement. So um, I personally do have a personality that can be addictive, and I had an eating disorder, and I am very type A, and I'm going into a profession that I will need to work very, very hard at. I'm a high achiever. I always want more um, as far as, like, my accomplishments and stuff. So I do. I do have an addictive personality, and that is something that I'm very mindful of, especially with having the app Strava. So anyway, the reason that Strava can be, and having an addictive personality can be harmful is if you're constantly needing to do more. And this could be maybe not taking a rest day. Maybe you're addicted to that dopamine rush. You always need to post on Strava every single day. And I've done this before, absolutely. Even sometimes logging my walks. I don't really log all my walks anymore. I'll just do it if I like remember. But I used to log everything on Strava, like absolutely everything. Like I would stretch and I'd be like, oh, I got to put this on Strava because I was addicted to that upload and those likes and that like sense of accomplishment because I wanted people to know that I was doing something. But what the heck is the point in that? Like I'm not about to upload every time I do abs on Strava. Sometimes I do. And um, if I like remember, like I do abs maybe like... I don't know, four times a week. I upload it maybe, like, once every other week just to be like, hey, I did core. Um, but if I'm, like, and I do, like, stretching every single day. Like, I always do, like, a Peloton stretch video. But I'm not going to upload that to my Strava every day. I just, like, because I'm mindful, I don't want to become addicted to that again. And I was, for a very long time, addicted to uploading absolutely everything that I did on Strava because I always wanted more. I wanted to accomplish more. I wanted to feel more successful. I wanted to feel more valid um, and that I was like working hard. I wanted people to notice that I was working hard and that I was being active. But then I had to reassess. Why did I want that? What was that belief that was leading me to want to upload everything and want to feel appreciated for the work that I was putting in? I had an underlying fear that I wasn't enough. And when you have that belief, it affects everything, absolutely everything. And so when I address that belief and realize that I am enough, no matter my Strava, no matter my pace, no matter how many days I work out or how fast I push myself, like my worth comes from Christ and Christ alone. And I think when people don't have Christ at the center of their hearts and they don't recognize their value in Christ, it can be so easy to fall into the comparison trap and that addictive mindset of wanting to get more appreciation for what you're doing. And I have been there. I have been there and I've experienced it. And there are still days when I struggle with feelings of not being enough. And um, even when I'm at my best with Christ sometimes, it's just like, it can be hard. So, but now I'm so much better about it. Like I am able to really just like upload my raw authentic runs and I don't feel the need to push my pace anymore. Like I have been recently in the past month 
Um, just like going on straw, I've been going on runs and I haven't put the pace screen on my watch and I've just put like heart rate screen or the clock and I pause it when I pause and sometimes I'll make sure to check the distance like midway to know that I'm like halfway done or whatever. Um, but I've just been kind of doing like time-based runs and, um, right now I'm like taking, um, an off couple of weeks before I start my next half training plan. So I'm just like logging what I do as far as cross training. Um, but other than that, I have not been looking at pace, and it has been so freeing, let me tell you. That, like, addictive mindset part of me has been very much freed up. And it's funny because my runs have actually been so much faster than they were when I was so focused on the pace to look good for Strava. I also don't feel the need anymore to, like, hit a specific number in running. Like, I don't need – if I'm at 39 miles per week – I'm not going to do that extra mile anymore to hit 40 to look a certain way for Strava. Like, my body did 39, and that's awesome to celebrate because one extra mile is not going to do anything for me. It's not going to do anything for you. It's not. It's going to release that dopamine in your brain for a split second, and then it's going to go away, and you're going to want more. So, anyway, I just, that is something that, it can be harmful. It can be harmful, that addictive mindset. And you're going to want to keep pushing yourself to the extremes every time you run and not let your body recover. You're not going to want to take as many rest days. You're going to want to upload all the time. You're going to push that pace when you're not, you really shouldn't be pushing that pace. You're going to be focused on pace when you should be focused on feel. And that can be really bad for your body and your mind. It can lead to burnout psychologically, feelings of inadequacy, comparison, Physically, it just doesn't give yourself time to recover and rejuvenate your muscles and body and mind. And so it can be really harmful to always need to be uploading and doing more on Strava. And it can get exhausting putting on that front because we're not being vulnerable. We're not being real. I mean, it is good sometimes, honestly. There, okay, here's another pro. You can share your bad runs and you get some, like, solace in that. And that is a beautiful thing, support from other people. But, like, it it's hard sometimes because you really just don't, you just put on a front for Strava and you put on like your workout self and it's not who you are. Who you are is so much greater and that's just my little spiel on that. So anyway, it can be harmful having that addictive dopamine rush every time. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about your relationship with Strava and I mentioned a little bit about what I did to kind of change that relationship and how to overcome comparison and Strava addiction because it is real. And oh, going back one thing, Strava addiction can lead to an exercise dependence or addiction, which again is not great for the body or mind. So I would encourage you to assess your relationship with Strava and the addictive component. Are you addicted to uploading? Are you addicted to hitting a certain mileage that week? Are you addicted to hitting a certain pace or going more than you should? Um, so yeah, anyway, now I'm going to talk about what your relationship with Strava is and how to assess that, determine if it's positive or negative, and how to make changes if you need to. Your relationship to Strava is a lot like your relationship to exercise because it is exercise-based. Although, like, signs of an exercise addiction or dependence kind of look like, you know, feeling guilty for missing a workout, feeling guilty for not hitting a step count, feeling guilty for taking time off or whatever, um, and then always another, like, some other symptoms of exercise addiction dependence can be, like, your first thought when you're going somewhere or your um, have an event pop up is when can I get my workout in or whatever, or when can I get my run in? 
Um, unless you are seriously, like, training for something as an athlete, um, if you're just, like, a casual exerciser, then that's a different story, but, um, yeah, and also using exercise to compensate, so, like, for something that you ate or to change your body, those are maladaptive symptoms of exercise dependence, and then if you're using exercise to feel good, to feel strong, to show yourself what's possible with your body and everything, like, that's a different story. Um, and that's more healthy relationship with exercise and also allowing yourself to take days off or switching up your exercise routine or if you go on vacation, not worrying about exercise. If you can't exercise that day, not being worried and enjoying your life and not caring about your step count or whatever it is. So those are some healthy and unhealthy relationships with exercise. So Strava is very similar. Some healthy relationships, uh, some healthy behaviors of a relationship with Strava if you are in great terms with Strava. So you guys are just thriving in your relationship. You guys are like in the honeymoon phase forever. <laughs> Some signs would be that you celebrate others' accomplishments on Strava. That when you upload, you don't have to explain your pace or your feelings or try to explain yourself on why you ran a certain way. You just upload and say, this is my run. It was awesome. I listened to this music, whatever it is. Or you don't even make a caption. I mean, Strava captions are kind of fun to read. They, they really are. But, like, I see so many people saying, like, oh, I had to take it really slow today. Or took this easy. Or I did not hit this pace because I was feeling so, so bad. Or explaining why they had to take a recovery day or not hit all the sets in their workout for some reason. My question is, why do you need to explain yourself? And that is an unhealthy behavior pattern associated with your uploads on Strava. Like, healthy would be just uploading, saying like, yeah, this is what I did. Who cares if it's a 10 minute per mile or a six minute per mile? Like, you just upload your runs, say how you felt, and don't need to explain yourself. Like, that is very healthy relationship with Strava. So, one, you don't need to explain yourself on what you upload, what you do, how much you exercise, how much rest you take, whatever you're feeling, just you don't need to do it. That is, and you don't feel compelled to do that. If you don't feel compelled to explain yourself on Strava, that is a very healthy sign of a healthy relationship with the app. Another sign that you have a healthy relationship with Strava is that you are not always on the app. So I know that it's like a very common social media app to use as a runner, but if you're always looking and wanting to know what other people are doing, that could be a sign of internal competition and feelings of inferior inferiority or putting these ideas in your head that you should be running certain amount of paces and it automatically you automatically compare when you see what other people are doing and it leads to a comparison trap it really really does and then obviously comparison leads to compensation as we mentioned earlier so then you start to overcompensate through your running and your behaviors and it just it goes downhill from there so if you notice yourself checking Strava maybe a few times a day and you are giving your friends kudos and celebrating and saying oh this is awesome that is great like go like check Strava a few times a day and like give your friends kudos but if you're always on it like every 10 minutes or every hour then that's just like why are you doing that like why do you always need to see what other people are doing and does it come back to that competitiveness does it come back to that wanting to compete with others and feel superior to them because you're downward comparing um 
So, and yeah, another sign that you have a healthy relationship with Strava is that you don't feel the need to be constantly on the app and looking at what other people are doing and knowing and memorizing what they're doing. That can be maladaptive for you psychologically and just for others, and it kind of creates an unhealthy dynamic between you and everybody. Like, always, already, like, I check Strava maybe, like, four times a day. Um, sometimes more, sometimes less. I used to check it so often but like I was like what's the point in this like I'm all I'm doing is looking at what other people are doing and then I compare myself like what is going on here so anyway um yeah another healthy behavior don't check it too often um you don't feel addicted to it you feel like you check it when you want to celebrate your friends and then you move on you don't constantly need to be seeing what others are doing Another sign that you have a healthy relationship with Strava is that you don't feel the need to push a certain pace or finish a certain mileage just for the app. So if you are running a recovery run, let's say three miles, and your recovery run on your training plan says run it at a heart rate below 150, and the only way that you can get your heart rate below 150 is running a 9.45 minute mile, and you think that that will look bad on Strava, and so you run faster than that at a quote-unquote easy pace, but it's really not easy, um, then that could indicate some unhealthy behaviors with Strava. But if you see that you're going out for a run and you keep your watch on your heart rate screen, it's below 150, or you're going by feel and it's a recovery run based on feel and you feel great and you feel relaxed and... Um, you don't check your pace and you just say, whatever my pace is, I know I'm worth it, I know I'm enough, and I don't care what it says on my Strava. That is a great place to be at. That is a very healthy place. And so I think that another sign that you have a really good relationship with Strava is that you run what you are supposed to run and what feels good to you. You don't need to prove yourself to anybody on Strava. And I want to tell you guys this. Like, you are worth it no matter what your pace says on Strava or what your distance is. You can go the pace that you need and what your body needs to recover. You don't need to push yourself all the time. I have absolutely done this before. I've said, oh, well, it feels easy, so I can go a little bit faster and push myself so I look a little bit better on Strava. But I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. If I'm just trying to look good on Strava, what is the point in going for a run? Sometimes I don't upload my runs because I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't want to push my pace too hard or I just want to intuitively run and it feels good. But also I've been able to now just like upload my runs. I don't care what the pace is. Like I said, I haven't been looking at pace and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful place to be. So yeah, if you notice yourself pushing your pace and, or needing to finish like a certain number, like needing to get to, I don't know, XYZ miles, um, needing to run that extra 0.5, whatever it is to get to a certain number, just to, just for the Strava, that is maladaptive. Um, and another relationship indicator of your Strava relationship. <laughs> so anyway, if you find yourself, um, engaging in these behaviors that may be maladaptive and maybe indicate a poor relationship with Strava, I encourage you to take some steps to develop a more healthy relationship with Strava. One, if you notice that you have an unhealthy relationship with Strava, and I have been there, my friends, I really have, I encourage you to contemplate why, like, 
realize your why, ask yourself why, wonder what your purpose is in this sport, in running, and just remember your why. So, like, I've said why so many times in that, but (laughs) if you're always running to look good on Strava, why are you running in the first place? Is your goal to look good for an app, or is it to feel good psychologically, physically, and achieve the goals that you want, and to run that PR, and to get that time, and to run that marathon or half marathon the best you can be? Because I guarantee you, if you have an unhealthy relationship with Strava, you are not going to run the best race of your life. You are going to thrive, though, when your relationship with Strava is healthy, and you realize that what your body needs is very different than what Strava and this like community of running says that you need to do to become a better runner. And we all know it. We all know that we need to polarize our training, rest our bodies, and not push a pace. Don't compare. But it happens. It is human nature. And I just encourage you to like remember your why. Remember why you run. Also, if you feel like you have an unhealthy relationship with Strava, delete the app for a little bit or silence it, or don't look at it, or don't upload for a week. I want you to consider what, how differently you would run if you knew none of your runs would get tracked or logged on Strava, or any of your workouts. How would you work out differently? So try deleting the app for a week, two weeks, however long you need. And every single day that you work out without Strava, journal. Say, how did you feel? Why did you feel that way? Do you feel like you're not motivated without Strava? Then Strava can help you with motivation. But also, if the only sense of motivation comes from Strava, then that can be a problem. And maybe you should look at different forms of activity that may help you, um, help your body and your mind. There are so many different ways you can go about that. Um, But that's just, I guess, one tidbit. And... Journaling is super helpful, too, with comparison and everything. If you do have an unhealthy relationship with Strava, just try to remember that you are worth it and you are enough no matter what your Strava says about you. Your Strava is just a platform that shows numbers, and you are much more than a number. You are made in the image of God, and you are a human being who deserves love, and you have a much bigger purpose in this world than what you upload on Strava. So when you're running and you feel those urges to push that pace, like I do all the time, I have those urges. I remember I say, why why would I do that? My worth is determined no matter what I run. I'm the same person. I am loved just as much, even if I don't run a certain pace on Strava. So I'm not going to push it. And it's hard at first. It really is hard to slow down. And sometimes it feels like you're walking. And then it just, it's tough. It really is. But you'll get used to it. And you'll realize that, like, nothing bad happens when you upload a run that is slow on Strava. Or when you upload a mileage week that has, like, zero miles. Or you only upload cross-training. Whatever it is. Or you don't explain yourself on a run. Nothing bad happens the same people will give you kudos. And if people don't give you kudos for that, what the heck? That's rude. Then they probably have to assess the relationship with Strava too. But anyway, just remember your worth. Take time off if you need it. And remember your why. Those are my three big tidbits for how to really cultivate a healthy relationship with Strava. Because you are enough. Your Strava does not define you. 
And you are not defined as an athlete by what you upload to Strava. Because if you're constantly pushing yourself in your training, the winner is not the person... Like, if you're at a race, you don't win for running your easy days fast or running the most workouts that you can or looking good on Strava. The winner is the one who runs the fastest on race day. So just remember that. And don't compare yourself or... It's going to happen. You're going to compare yourself. But when you do, remember who you are. Remember your worth. And that is just something I want to, like, hone into you guys. I've said it so many times, but remember your worth, my friends. Um, and so, yeah, if you do feel like you have an unhealthy relationship with Strava, I just reach out, and I am always here to talk. And just remember that, like, you are enough. And also, I am not judging anybody for anything. If you have the unhealthiest relationship with Strava, I will still support you as a runner. And if you have the healthiest relationship with Strava, I will still support you as a runner. Because I'm not comparing any of you to anybody else. I'm not comparing myself to any of you. And we all are on different journeys. And some days you might have a great relationship with Strava, and some days you might not. It's very much like exercise and you're just, you know, competitiveness and stuff. So anyway, thank you so much for listening today. I hope this gave you some insights or helped at all. Just like kind of tune into your intuitive running, I guess. Um, and just remember, remember your worth again. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks again for listening. And I hope you all have an amazing week. And again, reach out with any questions or just to talk. Like I am here for you guys and I love talking with you guys. So never hesitate to reach out. My Instagram, an athlete's apron linked below.